Welcome to Castle Church. Today we are blessed to have Pastor Phil Yates preaching for us. For those joining us for the first time, I'm Georgia. And I would like to warmly welcome you to today's youth service. Today marks our 30th online service. Can you believe that we have been doing this for 30 weeks? I hope we can all come back to church soon. For me, I'm very much missing church life and just seeing everyone. During this difficult time, it is really important for us to stay close to God. So I encourage you to take comfort in this verse, 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Cast all your cares to him for he cares for you. Morning guys, this is awesome to be here at Castle Hill Church, especially for the youth. And uh, it's good to have you today. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew 21, that would be awesome. Uh, Before I, uh, you know was researching this topic. We're talking about Jesus and how he was hangry and he saw a fig tree and he said, uh, may you bear fruit no more because he went to the fig tree and found nothing on it. So in research for this topic today, I thought, perfect. I'll go to the shop. I'll go to the fruit shop. So I went down here to Castle Hill, the Castle Hill growers, and I thought there's going to be figs there. And uh, so I went to the fig and, and I went to the fig shop. There was no figs. It wasn't a fig shop, it was a fruit shop. And uh, so I walked around the centre. I couldn't believe it. There was no figs there. So I walked outside of the shop and I uh, put up my hands and said, may you bear fruit. And the owner came out and said, whoa, 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 whoa. We have some really good jams. So I'm yet to taste these jams. So if you bear with me. I absolutely love fig jam. And do you know what? This is from Lebanon. So I'm saying this jam is going to be pretty nice. Let me taste it. Oh, that's the best fig jam I have ever tasted. I'm not going to try the other one. But um, if you want fig jam, go down to Green Valley. That's where I got it. Green Valley, uh, Dally down there at uh, Castle Hill, and that's the best fig jam. Bit of butter on a sourdough, uh, heated up nicely, in the, in, and that's just going to be the best thing in the world. So thank you, Green Valley. But uh, as we're uh, going to go into this, we're gonna, I'm just going to start with a prayer, and then we'll get into the Scripture. Lord, we just ask that you be with us now as we study your Word. Guide and direct everything we do. May we do it to your glory. But Lord, may the words I speak uh, convert and convict hearts uh, through the work of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So it says in Matthew 21, starting in uh, 18, Now in the morning, as he returned, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the side of the road, he came and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to the fig tree, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. So Jesus sees this fig tree and he sees it at the end of the road probably and he's looking at this fig tree and it's got all these leaves on it and he couldn't believe it because fig trees grow leaves and fruit at the same time. So he's running down the road to this fig tree and he's going, whoa, this is unreal. His disciples are following him going, yes, we're going to get some figs. I can't believe it because it's out of season. It's not meant to have figs on it, but it does. So we're going to run, and they're running down, and he gets to the fig tree, and he looks up in the fig tree, and they're looking, looking, looking for figs, and can't find any figs. And as only Jesus can do, 
looks to the fig tree and he says, may you never bear fruit ever again. For the longest time, I thought this was all about Jesus coming to a fig tree and seeing the leaves, which would represent a person coming to church and turning up, turning up every day or watching their service online faithfully um, and, and, and doing all the, all the motions of being a Christian, doing everything that they can to be a Christian. But you know what? When, when push comes to, to shove, no fruit is found in their life. The Holy Spirit isn't producing any fruit in their life. And I thought for the longest time, this is what Jesus is talking about. And he probably is. That's probably part of it. So yes, we should go and we should grow fruit. And we know the fruit of the Spirit. We know it well. We learned it in primary school. But this story is based, I believe, and here's a new understanding, a a new light on this story. When Jesus comes to cleanse the temple, is the story just before. So let's read this. Jesus cleansed the temple. Uh, Matthew 21, verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all who brought uh, in, and sold and bought and sold in the temple, overturned tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were sold and doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall not be called, a, <laughs> my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it. A den of thieves, and he goes on, and and the, the one of the most one of the really important verse here. I want to focus on fourteen. It says, "Then the blind and the lame came in, oh, came to him, in the temple, and he healed them." There was a king, and this king thought, uh, "I need a new capital." So he, he, he looked around and he, and he found the perfect place that would be his capital. He needed a place that would, would actually be a home to all the people in the city. Because at the moment, some people in the city were there from the beginning and they, they had supreme ownership of this city. Yet some people came and they were visitors. And uh, those visitors came and, and didn't really feel like they belonged in the city. So the, the king made a decision, I need a new city that is, that, is, that is welcoming to everybody. So let's start anew and it's got to be a city that no one's ever lived in. So he looked up and he saw the perfect city. It was up on a hill and uh, that, the, the, city, the city was hard to take because uh, as you know, from, you know from a raised position, it's very hard to attack a city. But this king was a smart king. And he came and he had a conversation at the, the, the bottom and he said, look, whichever one of you, uh, whichever one of you men that want to be my general, if you want to take the city, if you take the city, you will become my general. Non-negotiable, it's, it's up for grabs. And, uh, you know, all these sergeants and all these, uh, you know, leaders were all going, oh, yes, we can become the general. This is a great position. But the, but the inhabitants of the city kind of looked down and said, there's no way they're taking it. Uh, I'm so confident that they're not taking it. And one of the leader, you know, the king maybe said, looked down and said, we're so confident you're not going to take it. We'll put the blind on watch and uh, all the lame will actually, you know, they'll send the messages. They'll, they'll you know, give all the messages out. So the blind were on watch. And he ridiculed the king that was about to attack. 
and uh, thought, there's no way. And this message got to the king down the ground. He said, um, you know, we're putting the blind on and the, me- and the lame will run the message. They'll do all the running. He thought, this, this, is, this is insulting. But uh, these guys that led this king's army kind of uh, found a way in and they went through the aqueduct. And they went all the way up and they defeated the city and the city was taken over by this new king. And he made a rule and he, he actually made a, 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 you know, a, a place, a special place in his uh, kingdom. And in that kingdom, no lame or blind were ever allowed to go. They were never allowed to go because that would remind this king of, of this king's arrogance, this, this, this leader's arrogance and said, you know, you said I'd never take this city. Well, I'm never letting the, the lame or the blind come anywhere near the special place in this temple. And that is the temple. And the king was King David. And David came in in 2 Samuel and he took that city and he made that rule that no blind or no lame could enter the temple grounds. Isn't it interesting that in this story, we have just before this, at the beginning of uh, chapter 21, we have Jesus. Now they draw near, verse 1, they drew near to Jerusalem. The city that David took was Jerusalem. And, and, and they see this and, the, and they came in the Mount, and Mount of Olives and Jesus sent two disciples and they went in and they got a donkey. Now a, for a king to take a donkey into a city, yes, Solomon did it, but a king to say, take a donkey into a city and, and claim himself as king was was like roadkill. This is like, it's slaughter. So he's going in and he's like, and that's respectively saying, he, he comes, in, comes in on this donkey, not this uh, fit steed, this stallion. He didn't come on on that. He came on in this little donkey and that's saying, I'm coming to sacrifice. I'm coming, I give up. Not a good look. But Jesus comes in and he has this triumphal entry and everyone says, that this triumphal entry is Jesus claiming himself as king. He comes into the, to the temple grounds and he invites the lame, he invites the blind and he starts to heal them. Jesus at this point in time turns the whole tradition on its head and says, Do you, want, you know what's important to me? What's important to me is that everyone shall come in and the fruit will be given. The temple needs to be a place where the fruit is given and eaten. And the fruit is experienced. And another way of looking at this tree that Jesus finds is, is, is that the tree represents the temple. The tree represents this temple that, that Jesus actually came in and found no fruit. All he found is is people that were the greedy, people that were the were laundering, people that were just wanted money for animals, and then people that are sacrificing animals constantly. And it was more about the process. Is it more about the you know? Oh, I've kept, I've done this. I better go and buy and 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 ask for forgiveness of my sins. But that sin never left their life. It just kept on going and going and going. But Jesus comes in and he changes the whole scenario. And he comes in 
as king. Later on in the story, Jesus actually goes through and his authority is questioned and and both both you know Pilate and and, and Caesar ask him they they ask him are you the king of the Jews and he says you say it's the Greek translation you say so he's very ambiguous about this answer he doesn't say yes I am the king of the Jews he doesn't say no I'm not the king of the Jews he says you say and he leaves it there and it's frustrating that he leaves it there because he's, if to say he was the king of the Jews is to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to set up my kingdom. I'm going to do exactly what you think I'm going to do. And I'm going to defeat the Romans. But to say he's not the king of the Jews is to say he's not the, the king and the son of God that's come in to sacrifice everything. Through the, the temple service, the priest, the, the priest would go through a lot of, a big process and They'd wash themselves about five different times through this process and they'd they'd actually have a screen and they'd wash themselves in public. I don't know how see-through the screen was, but they'd wash themselves and so the public will actually see that this, this, uh, this priest is clean. And they'd come in and, and, uh, the day would come where they'd have to, you know, Yom Yom Kippur, they'd, they'd come in and they'd have to go into the, most holy place. And that day would come and, and uh, they'd go into this most holy place, but before they did, they'd have a night and they'd stay up all night and they had friends with them to, to keep them awake so that they'd be praying and praying and studying and praying. And, and, and it's just a whole cleansing ritual. And they'd go through this whole, this whole just constant. Then they'd go into the, he'd go into the temple the next day and and he'd sprinkle the blood on, on the mercy seat. And that would be a representation of, of Christ. Everything was a representation of Christ. Jesus had the same process. He was actually, you know, went through the bath and he had, a, he had, a, he had you know, a woman come up and break alabaster jar on his feet. And, and it recorded also that they broke it on, its head, on his head. Breaking on his head is, is saying that you know, you, you're, now, uh, you're now chosen to be king. You're now chosen to be a priest. And he came in and you, you remember the, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was up there and he asked his friends to stay awake because this was the night before. Stay awake, just stay awake that I can just keep praying and keep worshipping because I'm about to do what the priest has always done. I'm about to go through the process, but it's not a sprinkling. I'm actually doing this for humanity. I'm actually going to the cross and I'll die. What an amazing gift. All for the sake of us to bear fruit. All for the sake for us to open up Castle Hill doors when when we can. Open up our houses and invite our neighbours in for a meal and bear fruit. It's a challenge that I want to put out to you. I want you to open up your houses, get to know your neighbours and spread the good news of Jesus. 
I believe Jesus is coming very soon. I know you've heard that all your life. But we can see that he's coming soon. Whatever soon is. But the Great Commission tells us to go and preach the gospel to the entire world. I suggest that you invest in your friends first, invite them, and then get them involved. Three simple words. Invest, invite, involve. As we're thinking about figs and fig trees, I don't want to be that fig tree that shows the leaves but has no fruit. I don't want our church to be the fig tree that shows the leaves but has no fruit. Youth, I'm talking especially to you today. You have energy. You have passion. You have the love of Jesus in your hearts. You have connections. Tell people about Jesus. Tell people about how Jesus is influencing and and affecting your life. And in doing that, people will want to know Christ. And then you can tell them about Jesus. And then they become the greatest evangelist the church has known. New people that come into the church are the greatest evangelists in the church because they know people that want to know about Jesus. They know people in pain that you can pray for. They know people who are hungry that you can feed. They know people. And Jesus will work and the Holy Spirit will work and you'll bear fruit. That's the aim. That's the goal. So as we go through this week coming, my challenge is that you do this. Don't be a tree that bears no fruit and shows leaves. Be a tree that when Jesus comes underneath, he looks up and sees fruit and he goes, good and faithful servant. This is exactly what it's all about. Thank you guys for listening. We just want to close in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you for your love. And we thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Lord, we want to be trees that bear fruit. We want to be trees that will actually hasten your return. We want to show our community and we want to show our our loved ones the love of Jesus. Sometimes we need to experience Jesus first. Lord, help us to go out and invest in people, invite people, and get people involved. As we ask it all in Jesus' name, amen.